Coming up in this episode, we're going to talk about two wheels to trike. If you're at that stage in your life where you're thinking about moving on to a trike, what are the things that you should think about? Also, audio choices. Not too many people ride these days without having some kind of tunes in their head. And we'll talk a little bit about that and maybe a little random babble bullshit. Also, we'll talk about the Ironton to Eagleton Loop in Missouri for our featured ride of the week. Stick around. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas, and of course, any random thoughts that pop into our head. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. You know, if your bike is anything like me, it occasionally needs a little TLC. And I know that if your bike needs a little maintenance, then you should go to Heartland Honda in Springdale, the first level five Honda powerhouse dealer in Arkansas. The red level technicians can keep you on the road. Plus, Heartland Honda has a huge selection of Honda motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides, along with a wide variety of select used bikes, all with excellent financing options. So give them a call at 479 479- 751-7022 or find them online at heartlandhonda.com. Heartland Honda, work hard, play hard. You know, when you hop on your bike, you might ride around the neighborhood, take a spin around town or head out of town, maybe even take a trip out of state. But wherever you ride, an accident can happen. So make sure you have Law Tigers ride along. The Law Tigers are a national association of motorcycle accident injury lawyers who are ready to assist you with your accident claim. No matter where your accident happened, Law Tigers are there for you 24-7. So do yourself a big favor and learn more at LawTigers.com. Law Tigers Motorcycle Lawyers, helping riders find answers. Well, welcome back to another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. We sure appreciate you tuning in. Well, this week we're going to talk about a couple of things. Two-wheel to trike if you're getting ready to make that transition, some audio choices for your bike, and anything else that might come up in our limited mental capabilities. Is that a way to put it? (laughs) With me, as always, is Randy Skeech Lewis from BikeWorks in Urbana, Missouri. And uh, Randy, how was your week? It was good. It was good. Just another week. Still above ground. Still riding motorcycles. So, are you riding your own? Yeah, yeah. sure. I I did actually. I did ride it a handful of times this past week. So. No kidding. Yeah. Well, we've having the perfect weather for it. I mean, oh man, it's been great out there. It's awesome. I wish I could ride mine. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you get old and decrepit. <laughs> yes, it's in the shop for paint. The weather gets a little bit cool, so Dad Warbucks time. here is in by the fire. That's right. With his roasted nuts. With my roasted nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, the featured ride this week, it's called the Ironton to Ellington Loop. You'll find it on page four of the OzarkRides.com website. It is an 85-mile ride, and it's over in the Mark Twain National Forest. And I swear to God, most rides that we have are in the Mark Twain National Forest in Missouri. 
Now, this 85-mile ride, it loops the Tomsock Mountain Range, which coincidentally happens to be the highest point in Missouri. I'm not saying that's a, that's a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. still a, it's still flat for ground some, Missouri. For yeah. some states, it's a speed bump. Yeah, yeah. But hey, it's what we got. We'll work with it. <laughs> it's awfully pretty over there. Now, when you take this route, you, you might try a short detour because there's um, an area that's on County Road CC where you can ride up to the Tomsock Mountain Peak. But it's actually a gravel road. Yeah. But it's a, it's okay. You can take it on your bike if you got a big, heavy bike. But I just, you know, we kind of... fast-ass small bike. Yeah. We can sling exactly. some gravel. It is a dirt road, so keep that in mind. Now, if you're going to take this ride, it starts and ends in Ironton, which is a way cool little town. It is. I mean, there's a lot of things to do there. A lot of great eateries, if that's your thing. But it runs all the way through this Mark Twain National Forest down into Ellington. And it's just a great big loop. I like going over there because it's far from where we live. I'll go over there and spend the night. Yeah. And just make a whole weekend of it. The area is just freaking rad you know it's it kind of sits in between say 44 highway and 55 highway that runs south of into cape Girardeau. so you know everywhere around it seems like it's kind of modern and built up and you can go do kooky cool shit but then this ride is just centrally located and back in the middle of the woods it, it feels very isolated in in most of it it's not far from uh, Elephant Rocks. No. A lot no. of people have heard about that. Uh, and it's just the ride itself, the roads are very rural. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're very tree-lined. I mean, it's just a, one of the prettiest areas within the state of Missouri. Right. And actually, a lot of people don't realize uh, that area is the true geographical heart of the Ozarks. A lot of people think of the Ozarks down south by the Arkansas state line and stuff like that. That's not the case. Uh, Geographically, if you're thinking about technically, (laughs) forget what you've heard, and and it's just beautiful out there. So if you get a chance, go out there and give it a look-see. Give it a tink. Yeah, yeah. So this week, we're going to talk about a couple of things and then some things that we maybe we haven't mentioned. We're just going to just babble. Because babble is what we do best. You're damn right. We don't claim to make sense. We don't claim to be right. We just claim to be sitting here drinking beer <laughs> and chew. You chew, don't I you? I do. I was just sitting here looking at my two empty beer bottles thinking, well, shit, I guess I'll put a chew in. <laughs> yeah. So there are a lot of people, particularly my age, I'm not there yet, but I actually see the future where if I'm still able to ride, I'm going to need to get a three-wheeler. It's a thought process. Huh? It is a thought process. Not something you jump into, you know, willy nilly. And it's not something that I'm particularly excited about. However, it's much better than not writing. Yeah. Yeah. Way better than not writing. One of the things that I cannot stand about three wheelers is the standard stock. Forget about the brand, but just Harley. It's not, I'm not picking on Harley here because they make three wheelers. Yep. And so does Honda. No. The gold wing. They don't really make it. They assemble it. Yeah. Let's let's straighten this shit out yeah. right now. It's made California sidecars. Yes. They But but they if you go to a Honda dealer and say, I want a three wheeler, they're gonna hook you up. Yeah, what they do is they sell you the brand new gold wing and then say, Oh, on top of that, now you've got to buy the trike kit. And yeah. on top of that, you gotta pay for the labor to put our and trike. And what Harley does is say, 
you don't got to buy extra. We'll already put it together. We just assume you're yeah, paying extra. It's, it's VIN numbered It'll, as a tri-glide. Yeah, or and it works are, out the same cost-wise. Yeah. But yeah. I don't like those. I mean, it's I just for me, it's just the style. Yeah. You know. I, I just don't like that. I'm never uh, going to have a passenger. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife likes to ride, but she can't for... That, for you being that? on it? <laughs> well, there's that, le- what do they call it? The restless leg syndrome. She can't oh, sit yeah. that long without her legs cramping up. Yeah. She's always on the move, doing something. So I ride alone. And so I don't need a big king and queen seat. I don't like the big trunk. Yeah. I yeah. like. You know, Harley came out with that freewheeler. It's no trunk, no fairing, no windshield. It's basically a road king trike. And it's got a little bit of storage space in the ass end for an overnight bag. I've not seen that. Really? I really haven't. Yeah. I didn't. This is news yeah, to me. For a bit. Breaking news for me, anyway. <laughs> but you built late. a trike once. It was a Sportster. Now I'm not into Sportsters, but oh, the style of that trike that thing was, was awesome. That thing was dope. I, I will have liked to it. That. And who was the guy that uh, the British guy over in California? Isn't it Russell Mitchell? Russell Mitchell. Puts out a track. I like that style, yeah. which was very similar to the one you built. Yeah, so it's this not is your what I'm conventional trike by no means. No, so if you're wondering, just you know, Google Russell Mitchell. You yeah. can't Google Randy Lewis because you'll get you'll a find crime. crickets. Yeah, you'll get a a, a crime <laughs> or arrest <report>. warrant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's talk about that that trike. Well, that style. Okay, you know, everybody yeah. knows about the. You know, yeah, store bought so stuff. This is, and this is kind of, I believe you think the same way. You know, we've often talked about the aforementioned time when you're ready to switch to a trike or or whatever. And I've always joked and said, "F a trike, I'll get a sidecar." You know, same premise, and you could freak people out like crazy throwing them in that sidecar and then banking that thing. You know, so yeah. But if I had a sidecar, I would want it to be old looking. I mean, yeah, like an yeah. old '30s model or an old uh, World War II vintage style. So if you're like-minded to us, yes, everybody has seen the Harley Tri-Glide. You've seen, I mean, about, about every other major brand of motorcycle with BMW somebody's kit puts one it. out and stuff like that. And yeah. they're all fine. They're incredibly good quality bikes. Yes. I just don't like the style. Shoot, they've even got the reverse trike. I'm not talking about the oh, Can-Am. I can't stand a or, Can-Am. Forgive me if you don't. If you're a lover, <laughs> it's personal opinion day. Yeah. And they suck. Even the slingshot, which is not yeah. a motorcycle. No, and it's not a car. It's no. an embarrassment. It's an Urkel. It's an it Urkel. <laughs> but, um, well, they make the uh, high lean angle reverse trikes where there's two narrow set wheels on the front end, one in the back, and the actual the two wheels yeah, lean I've seen with those. the curves. So they're getting very, very different with their trike kits nowadays. But if you're one of those just stupid sumbucks like Craig and I, you know, if it's time to go to a trike, why go buy somebody else's plain Jane freaking oatmeal bullshit? Well, you know what? I may be wrong on this, but I think you're going to spend a lot more money buying a stock yes. across the board but trike than you are to custom build one. You're right. I mean, in today's day and age, you're talking about trikes that are basing somewhere around $34,000, $35,000. And guess what? It's the same bullshit that the next swinging dick has. Or flapping vagina. Whichever way you swing. Let's just not, I, go, I don't with, think that's let's not go into the two hot dogs and one bun again. 
I didn't know. <laughs> so now, it, what did it, that what did that bike cost you to build in the neighborhood of? Okay. So in the neighborhood, if you consider buying the actual motorcycle itself, it was a at the time it was a 2014 or a 15 Sportster 48. And this was built for a lady. Yes, yes, short stature. But woman. I, it was so cool, I'd ride it. Oh man. So I want to say they had because those Sportster 48s at the time were very expensive. And you got to think, I built this thing. It had 400 miles on the clock. Like it was a new motorcycle, near brand new motorcycle. I want to say they paid somewhere around 11 or 12 for the motorcycle. And then by the time I was done with it, they were probably all in somewhere around 26 or 27 grand. But if you don't like conventional. But way cheaper than a, I'm yeah, calling a it a store bought. But, and in so far and above better looking yes the only comparison you can say is that it's not a tri-glide it's not as big an engine it's not as long a frame it's not all that crap but if you're a guy that doesn't give a shit about that well if you're a guy that's switching to a trike because of you're a little older Mm -hmm. or you're having handicap problems say your balance is not as good stuff like that the power in the engine shouldn't matter yeah you wouldn't think a sportster will take you plenty fast enough this flipping sportster after we got done with it it absolutely ripped so what we're yeah what we're saying here is you can do this with any bike yeah yeah and that's that's the thing i want to push here is that don't be so close-minded to think well i've got to go buy a tri-glide or i've got to go buy a honda with a kid or i've got to go buy this or that you know get creative with it there's yes there's a bunch of kits out there so like none of them are cool <laughs> None of them are cool. Just take my word. They've for got it. cool parts to them. I yeah, you can say. buy cool parts and put it together yourself. But the ones that are yeah. actual kits that slap it on and you're done, they're none of them are cool. Right. So I want to say it's motor trike. They sell an independent rear suspension that you can do full air ride on to. Again with the air ride. Yeah, sir. I really, honestly. For a business standpoint and aesthetics and what the majority of people want, I think my number one trike kit that I particularly like the most is Hannigan. Um, they're out of Tennessee, I believe. Just a freaking killer company. They really do good quality work. They've got a really good reputation about if you have an issue, we'll fix it. We'll make sure it's right. I like the fact that their dimensions are a little bit different from everyone else's. You know, most trike kits want to be wide, but as narrow as possible. These guys basically said, bullshit, we're going to give you a freaking Cadillac. They're inherently a little bit wider and a little bit longer, depending on which model you have. I really like their body work and some of the options that they have. You know, they they sell an optional auxiliary fuel tank that pumps straight into your main fuel tank. So say you're running low, shit, you hit a button, it pumps into your main tank so your fuel gauge and everything still works and you're still cruising down the road. So a little bit more longevity as far as how many miles you got to go before fill up. But if you don't think like the normal mainstream people and I got to go buy a trike, there's so many freaking options. Take whatever motorcycle you want. Now, getting back to this Sportster, what did you do to it? Because it had like, I don't know the brand, but it had what appeared to be big, wide Mickey Thompsons. Yes, it did, actually. And what what did you, what kind of kit was that? What did you do? Okay, yeah, yeah. So it was a uh, Frankenstein kit. They're just 
I mean, they're really not very far from us. They're just the other side of the Missouri-Kansas state line. But there was the Frankenstein Sport 36 kit. Basically, the Sport 36 is, is 36 inches wide. It doesn't come with a lot of frills. But what they do is it's a swing arm replacement. There's a cage and a housing on the on the back end to basically structurally make it sound. It's all machined aluminum. That's all you can get it in. It optimizes your factory brake rotor and your factory pulley, and that's how it drives. Will that work with just about any uh, manufacturer? Um, Harley. Harley. It's a Harley deal. Yeah, mainly, which I think that they've kind of ventured into other stuff, but to be honest with you, it's been a little while since I looked at all their products. And that's a direct bolt-on, isn't it? Yes, yes. So you don't have to do any custom... No, it's like a grade one or two install. It takes a little bit of time. You got to be able to split the swing arm and put a new swing arm on. And that's that's essentially it. Now, there is some alignment to it, but frick, if you can read a tape measure, you can align it. But what I did that was different was I took every last little bit of part of their rear end apart and powder coated it all black because this Sportster 48 was black frame, black wheels with stainless spokes, white tank, brown seat. Like it was. It felt old to me, something 30s, 40s. So we powder coated all the all the trike kit black. Well, for whatever Frankenstein's ideas are, one thing where I think they've always missed on is their fenders and their wheels. The wheels are so freaking generic, I think they're just stupid as shit. Now, a lot of guys like them, whatever. They're basically like the old Mickey Thompson truck wheels that have the four or five holes in them. That's what they look like to me. And then their fenders are just absolutely hideous in my mind. You can get fiberglass. I think you can get steel, but they've got a big bracket that bolts onto the inside. And then it comes down and bolts to the cage around your pulley and your rotor. So you can see all the bracketry. It looks kind of just cheesy and hokey to me. So what I did was, no, I took the rear fender off. Said, forget that. We're not looking like a... Not looking like it should be flying tassels? Yes, yes, yes. So I took the fender off the bike, used the factory struts to build platforms, and we did a plank, and it was made out of African zebra wood. So it was really matched the solo Springer seat that I put onto it. We did a rake triple tree on it to make it dimensionally work right and steer right. Powder coated all the rear rear end, yay. I built my own fender and mounting system. So the, what it did was... Let me back up a little bit. So you got to understand that this thing had Dayton wire wheels on it. No, not the Daytons like you'd see on a low rider. These things were 15 by 12 and they had 34 Ford hubcaps on them. Black rim, black hub, stainless they were spokes. slick wheels. Yeah. On Mickey Thompson Sportsman tires. So these things were fat as shit. Yeah, they were. I mean, they measured... I think they were like 13 and a half, almost 14 inches wide total. And they were the inset close that yes. they didn't stick way out and look awkward. Yeah. So it had just the right amount of backspacing. It had like probably a three inch lip at the most three inches. Truthfully, it was probably like two inches. This was the, the coolest trike I had ever seen. Yeah. So we done, we, I knew I obviously had done motor work and all that crap and whatever but so the fenders i had hugger fenders we done that went over the top third of the tire i left more of the inside than the outside so it essentially just covered the tire so i hung the inside skirt down a bit further welded on all my brackets to the inside part of it because the wheels were so fat and so deep i took all the bracketry for the fender and ran it inside of the wheel and 
done a clamshell around the, the axle housing. So when you looked at the back, you couldn't see any mounts. It just looked like the fenders were floating on there. So basically the the whole point of this rambling bullshit about me talking about this one bike is that, you know, if you're ready to go to a trike, man, think outside the box. Always. There's no point in being blase and bland. Yeah. Do and you know what? Rad. It turns out that, like you said earlier, it was cheaper on the pocketbook yeah, than to go into a factory model. Especially if you already have a Harley bike or whatever bike it is. You know, um, here's something we haven't hit on. And this is this is really ridiculous and this is really stupid. And I'm very anti this stuff. But I understand that there's people out there that are into it. And maybe their budget is a little bit different from anyone else's. But there's so much shit out there to, to quote unquote trike it. You know, Voyager makes a trike kit and all it is, is your motorcycle and it pretty well, there's, there's kits for about every single brand, make and model. You attach bracketry to the bottom of your frame and then you roll these training wheels ish. It's a whole cage. It's a whole girdle, whatever you want to call it. You roll it underneath your bike and attach it at two points. And now you've got a trike, so to speak. It's actually four wheels because your rear main wheel drives the bike still breaks the bike but all these little wheels do is keep you upright and for a lot of guys that's exactly what they want they're perfectly fine with it they love it you know cost is very nominal i'm thinking like for a high-end package it's under five grand well and it keeps you on the road yes i mean if you don't mind that and you're still on the road job done now you've got this trike or any other bike i guess it doesn't matter we're shifting gears here hmm most people, when they ride, me included, um, tunes. Oh, music. Yeah, audio. I, for me personally, and I know that maybe it's, uh, well, yeah, I am different, but I can't stand riding silent. Really? Yeah, I mean. Holy crap, man. I like a little music in the background. You know, that's what's so funny about you and I is we're freaking opposite ends of the spectrum. Because yeah, I'm can, normal and you're not. yeah. I'm sociopathic is what I am. My my wife hates it. Like I get in the truck and go somewhere, no music, no freaking nothing. Get on the motorcycle and I've got a decent stereo system on it. Shit, I'll ride for miles without ever listening to anything. Like silence is absolutely And it's weird. I could be here in the house by myself during the day. Yeah. And typically there's nothing on. No music, no TV, nothing. It's just quiet like it is now. Mm-hmm. But when I'm riding or when I'm driving, I've got to have music. It's weird. Do you need a spit tune? No, I got an empty beer bottle. So. <laughs> it just, he just stuffed his mouth full of Copenhagen. And your point is? I don't have a point. <laughs> yeah, so right now in the world of motorcycles, especially aftermarket motorcycles, audio is a huge racket right now. Like it is probably one of the larger things. So there is multiple ways you can go about getting audio onto your motorcycle. And whether you ride a Harley, an Indian, a Victory, whatever brand it is. It doesn't matter, yeah. There really is endless options for it. Now say you can't build your own setup or you don't have the money to go to somebody to build your own setup. I mean, there's so many companies, Kiriakin, MTX, Boss, Pile. There's so many companies that build their own independent kits that essentially all it takes is power and ground and that's it yeah. and you can have audio onto your bike now whether it's very loud or very good that's beside the point 
but there is literally audio for every budget out there. You know, back when I used to ride sport bikes, I even used to always carry a tank bag, a small uh-huh. little tank bag. And back in the days where you, all they had was CD, play, yeah. CD players where you just pop a CD yeah, in. Yeah, buddy. Got that 30-second anti-headphones. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and would run with that. I've never had a bike that had a built-in stereo, stereo or anything like that. To this day, if I'm just going for a ride around, I'll just plug my earbuds into my phone and listen. Uh, if I'm going on a long trip, I have Sirius Satellite. Right. You know, plugged into my GPS. So that's something else, you know, we consistently think about audio on the bike. But for me, I don't like the speakers. Well, I like the earbuds because the earbuds, and it took me a long, long time and a lot of money to find just the right kind of earbuds that knocked out the wind noise. Right. And all I'm hearing is music and just a little bit of the, of the engine. So you're talking about... You know, like we we say, oh, you know, there's audio for every single motorcycle out there. There is. The harder one is like the sport bikes, like you just mentioned. Yeah. You know, their audio is such a huge play on the motorcycle industry right now that you're talking about getting helmets with built-in audio systems. You're getting really, really high-end, good add-on audio systems to your helmet. Like, it's just endless. It doesn't matter what you're riding. So you obviously have earbuds. You have the next step up would be like a an auxiliary thing that you could put onto your helmet to have some sound. Yeah. You've got better sound for like a full total in-helmet experience. Then you've got add-ons to the lower end of the spectrum as far as audio, like a, a Boss or Pile or MTX or Karyokin or whoever makes a kit that basically bolts onto your handlebars. Right. And then you got those little bullet speakers if you want. Right, right. So then there's that. Then you jump up into, even if you're not into a full-dressed bike that has an audio system on it already, like a Road King is hard to get stereo into. But there's so many options for it. So Harley sells or aftermarket people sell speaker lids. Well, you throw a set of speakers into these lids on the backside of your Road King or Electric Glide or Street Glide or whatever it is. Then you could throw an amplifier into it, mount it into the what saddlebag. What you do? You have an amp in yours, don't you? I do. Mine's in the And fairing. then you have speakers in your saddlebags, too. Yes. You're that guy that you pull up next to at the stoplight, and he's banging out in his music, and you're thinking, what, what an ass. Wrong with this I don't want to hear his music. Right, right. I'm that guy. Except I haven't even freaking turned mine on in probably four months. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. I did it because it's... It was kind of status quo, like you build those types of bikes, they have to have decent audio on them. But now the game has changed. Now it's all about resale value. Yeah, but I'm talking in the audio world, holy shit, it has changed. Like ridiculous. There's specific built trunks with 12-inch subwoofers in them that also run four eights across the front. You're talking about saddlebags that will accept two eights in the lids and then a 10-inch subwoofer into the backside of it that faces your wheel. John Shope at Dirty Bird Industries just released his dual eights. They're lower fairings. I like his stuff. So on a Harley, the lower fairing, you normally have that glove box. Now there's an 8-inch speaker in there. And then cantered below that is another 8-inch speaker that faces your feet that now you can obviously, you can get a plug to throw like an amplifier or something into, or you could stack another speaker into it. You're talking about, like there's dudes specifically building motorcycles. Again, him and there's multiple other people that do an audio ass end or an audio bag. 
they are instead of being like seven and a half inches wide at the top, they're seven and a half inches wide to accept the stock lid, and then they drastically flare out to like ten inches wide the saddlebags, and then they taper down for more airspace, more audio space. I mean, it is just hit. It's almost like the bike is built around the audio system. It is. It truly is. There are companies out there, Curly's Inc., big wheel bagger shop out of, uh, I want to say it's Ohio, Indiana, something like that. It really taken the game over, like mad respect to the guy. He's done very, very well. I remember when he was coming to Missouri to some of the shows and he's just, a small-time guy like me, but he's drastically jumped his game up, like really doing well. Well, good on him. Yeah, very. Hats off to him. He's a part of the hamsters, but he does a deal now, and it's a patent-pending setup, and it is very, very badass. So it's an in-fairing system. It gets rid of all your factory mounts. On road glides, it's letting you mount two 8-inch speakers inside of the factory fairing with an amp tray and still be structurally sound. He sells fairings now that accepts all this, but these kits are letting you put it into a stock fairing to run dual eights inside of your inside of your fairing. Does it for a road glide, a street glide, electric glide obviously is the same. So I guess what I'm getting at is that the audio game is so, so real right now. The problem is, is you can go as cheap as 50 bucks for like a cheap knockoff Amazon Taiwanese bullshit system and have some type of music on your bike all the way up to, I mean, these guys are spending fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 on their, just their audio on a motorcycle. So music and motorcycles have always went hand in hand. Would you agree? Oh yeah, I would. So now it's music on a, or audio on motorcycles is really right now one of the biggest things. I love it. The idea that there's entrepreneurs out there, there's guys up in their game, things like that. I hate it because I'm not that guy. My wife really likes tunes, so I I did a decent stereo system on mine so that she can rock out type of thing. But the trickier part of that sum is how do you do audio with the factory electronics on the bike? So say you have a Harley Street Glide and you got the infotainment center. Well, now you have to have it flashed or know somebody that has a scanner that can flash your bike to utilize the output for the rear speakers. Well, that'll let you run the rear speakers and the saddlebags off your factory head unit. But those head units only produce X amount of wattage and they're low. Well, the thing is, and maybe this is just me being an old timer. Now, granted, I have some high-end earbuds that you're not going to find at Walmart. But for the price that I paid for these earbuds, and I bought two of them, just in case one of them goes out and they don't sell them anymore, (laughs) I've got a backup. But I will guarantee you that the quality of the audio that I am hearing in my ear is better than any of those systems. Doubtful. No, it's not doubtful that you hear going down the road because when you hear all of the wind going past you and everything, and that's that's a good thing, it takes away from the audio. Bullshit. <laughs> well, having having a having some a, of them, some of the low end, having ones, an, an yes. adult history of working in the audio industry. I'm telling you, the, the sound is going to be a lot cleaner, a lot better. Now, if you're just sitting there parked and you got a bunch of guys hanging around while you swig your beers. Let me. Yeah. Let me. I will agree with you. I'm talking to about a going degree. down the road. I will agree with you to the fact of the low end audio systems. But if you've ever heard one of these bikes that are rocking two 10 inch subs, two eight inches in the lids, two eight inches in each lower fairing, two eight inches in the 
in the upper fairing, coupled with two or three amps, I mean, it's a freaking rock concert on a motorcycle. Like, it is insane. You're talking about hearing it from 60 yards away, it's clear as day, like it's playing right there on your phone or in And then your you ear. become that guy. Yes. You're that guy, that son of a bitch. I just need to prove you wrong with the fact that your earbuds oh, you haven't are, done that. are not as good a quality as the high-end stuff that no. these guys are doing. But you're assuming I'm talking about yeah, run-of-the-mill yeah, yeah. That earbuds. average bullshit like those Boss and Pile systems that are, I think they're garbage. You're talking about 60 watts to two small speakers that volume goes up to like 32 and you can't hear it when the bike's running. Yes, you're 100% right. Well, folks, I'm sorry you had to witness this, but... It's not often you'll find that Randy was wrong, but it's on tape now, so now now yeah, you know. Areas of gray. <laughs> exactly. Well, we appreciate you listening to another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. We truly are thankful. We don't understand it, but, you know, that doesn't mean we're not thankful for it. Yeah. Uh, check out our website if you uh, want to become a member of the club. We sure would appreciate that, too. Help cover some of our expenses, because, yeah. It's not free. No, and the more members we can get, obviously, the better stuff that we can do. The you, more oh, shit absolutely. we can reach out to, the more maybe, you know, if we can if we can get this thing to where it's a point where we can get some big names in the industry other than me at shit-ass Bike Works, nobody from nowhere, you know, the more we get, we do, it's not, we're not making money. It's, we put it all right back into it, so. No, and I'll be straight with our listeners. We make money off the advertisers on the podcast. The Club membership, every bit of that money Goes turns right back back, to, back to the benefit of the listener in yeah. way of giveaways, of future events that we can do and things like that. So that's the purpose of it. So give it a think. And uh, if you can, that would be awesome. If you can't, we still appreciate you. We really do. And until next time, be sure to keep it on the road. Keep riding. This is the best time of year, in my opinion, to ride. Oh, yeah. So, you know, stay safe.